Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Hey, welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Glad you have joined us. Let me ask you before I dive in today to go on iTunes and write a review. Tell folks about this podcast. Tell them about what you enjoy and tell them what they can learn if they'll join us here at the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Listen, in this podcast, I want to talk about one good thing that is happening. Now, there's more than just that happening in our American public life and in our Western public life, but I want to talk about one good thing that is happening. It's a corrective to the trends of recent uh, generations. It's something we need in America. And that is that in the midst of all the weirdness coming out of Washington, D.C., in the midst of all of the confusion, the absolute chaos and the executive branch, um, the, the seeming ineptitude of Congress, etc., what's happening is that states are beginning to consider their direction on their own. And this is a return to the federalism of the founding fathers. It's a good trend. It's a needed trim. It's a little bit scary, (laughs) but it's valuable. Let me describe it just a little bit. You know, the founding fathers actually wanted the states to have the primary authority in our society. The United States was was the United States. It required a plural definite article. You, you, you didn't say the United States is, you said the United States are, that you always thought of them as being a plurality. And the founding fathers were suspicious of a centralized government. They were suspicious of a centralized national government. That's why they gave it rather limited powers. Um, in fact, the, 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 the original U.S. Constitution, uh, the original document that we emerged from the American Revolution with was uh, far too restrictive of the federal government. Federal government couldn't even raise taxes, couldn't even do certain things uh, for the states uh, to, to serve them. So that's why we had the new constitution that uh, began to be put together, began to be assembled in 1787. And that constitution gave more authority to the federal government, but it still didn't give it primary authority. States, for example, uh, could be as religious as they wanted to be under that constitution. Uh, It was the federal government that was kept from erecting a national state or from restricting the free exercise of religion. So that's just, that's just in the area of religion. There are other areas. Uh, The 10th amendment to the constitution, to the bill of rights, for example, um, says that any authority not, not expressly given to the federal government in the constitution belonged to the states. And so the states were primary. The states were the ones. The idea was that the American citizens, the people, would be served better if the states had authority to make decisions on their own. Now, we've had a gradual trend in American history towards a ever larger federal government and greater centralization. And frankly, some of that's been necessary. You know, Texas didn't fight World War II alone. <laughs> you know, it took all 50 states and well, there weren't 50 states at that time, but it took all the states uh, going at it uh, to get the job done. You had to have a strong federal government. And by the way, 
I highly recommend the book Washington Goes to War by David Brinkley. Uh, David Brinkley, a former newscaster that some of us grew up on. And uh, he writes about the fact that it was World War II that really grew Washington into its current size, that, that took it from a sleepy southern town uh, into the, the, the city of, of, of the national business that it is now. Now, what's my point in all of this? As I sit here right now, uh, we are in a time of great chaos in Washington, D.C., Congress is very ineffective, can't seem to act on anything. Um, Whether you like Donald Trump or not, you have to admit that the executive branch is in chaos. The White House is in chaos. There have been firings. There have been replacements. Um, Very ineffective, very confused messaging, constant Twitter wars, people being caught off guard. Chief of Staff recently diminished, General Kelly. Uh, pretty, Pretty sad to see what's going on. Well, let, let's, let me not go down the negative road for a moment. The positive road, though, is that states are starting to think like states. They're starting to think like actual governments rather than just extensions of the federal government. And so some of this takes extremes and it's kind of, it's kind of uh, almost discouraging. It's, uh, it's, it's disconcerting. Um, South Carolina recently uh, began, not as a whole, but some people in their state legislature began talking about succeeding from the union over some implied federal threats about gun ownership. And now none of that's actually going to happen. I mean, there's no, the the federal government is not going to take everybody's guns and South Carolina is not going to succeed from the union. But some people in the South Carolina legislature began to talk about succeeding from the union because there had been some discussions and some federal threats and some people in high positions in Washington, D.C. talking about abolishing the Second Amendment and things of that nature, which of course is not only be unconstitutional, but would cause absolute riots in this country. But but at least some folks were thinking about what Sarah, what South Carolina on its own wanted. Uh, the same thing is happening around the country when it comes to health care, when it comes to gay rights, when it comes to other issues. And that's exactly what the founding fathers intended, that there would be a patchwork, that there wouldn't be one size fits all, that the needs of states would differ, that they would take different attitudes about things, that they would have different policies on things, uh, different policies on health insurance, perhaps different policies on uh, on having sta- state militias, different policies on on guns, different policies, maybe even on immigration. Now, you, you do have obviously federal laws that mean that some laws, they, they indicate that some laws uh, have to be universal. For example, you get married in Texas, that, that marriage needs to be recognized in Arkansas. You buy a car in California, the license for that car needs to be recognized in uh, Nebraska or in Georgia or in Massachusetts. Um, you, you, you have a doctorate from uh, a university in, 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 let's say, in, in Arizona, that doctorate needs to be recognized uh, in New York. You, you understand what I mean. If you have an MD in one state, you should be able to practice medicine in another state. You might have to pass a board or file for a license, but the fact is there's a certain level of official recognition uh, in each state of what happens in other states. That's true to an extent. Uh, but the fact of the matter is 
that many states now are starting to reconsider their total compliance and total submission to the federal government in recent generations. We've had a growth of the state. We've had a growth of the federal government. Uh, We've had a dramatic overreach by the Supreme Court, um, sometimes by Congress, sometimes by the presidency. Uh, We've even had presidencies we've called imperial presidencies. Apparently, we forgot when we talked about that, that we actually broke from an imperial country, an imperial government, Uh, from a monarchy, and we erected an entirely different kind of country. Now, the beauty of our system is this lovely balance between the federal government, or all the states gathered together, and then individual states doing what they need to do, what they want to do. And I, I like the fact that coming back around is an emphasis on the individual state. I mean, Texas, for example, has got a little bit more vested interest in uh, immigration. Arizona, New Mexico, they have a bit more. California, they have more to say, more interest in, in an immigration up through uh, Mexico than does Tennessee or D.C., where I live, the two places I live, or Nebraska or Montana. And so they surely can should be allowed to construct uh, responses on their own, to pass laws on their own, to maybe even have uh, working relationships with the federal government when it comes to national defense that are special in those states and that aren't, aren't restricted uh, or are, are not in some way relevant to other states or don't even require those other states uh, to, uh, to help fund. Uh, Surely there are ways we can work that out. What I'm saying in general, though, is I like the fact that while we don't want states just to go off independent, we don't want succession, and we don't want some states to admit criminal activity or uh, illegal immigration or virtual invasion, if we're talking still about the immigration issue, um, that affects the rest of the states, but we certainly do want states to be creative and autonomous to some degree in dealing with their problems. I like seeing states deal with the opioid crisis at their level. I like seeing states be aggressive. I like seeing states be creative. I like seeing them pursue solutions to their local problems uh, in a way that takes full responsibility for them. We don't want to see them waiting for Superman to show up. We don't want to see them waiting uh, for the federal government to come and be the rescuer. Now, I also want to say that we can't have states, of course, um, uh, protecting criminality in a way that damages other states. I decry the response of some of the municipalities in California uh, allowing sanctuary cities, which basically allows people who have committed criminal conduct uh, or who are, are illegal in some way uh, to be protected from law enforcement officials. Obviously, we can't allow that. That's got to be resolved. At the same time, though, it's a good trend, a good thing that's happening in our society out of negative circumstances that our 50 states are stepping up. I like seeing Governor Kasich in Ohio um, step up step up with creative solutions and talk about unique approaches to welfare and take care of what's going on in his state, education and other things where he can make a difference and he's not waiting for Washington to be the savior. This can be a good trend. Now, I think some of the disorder in Washington, D.C., where I'm sitting right now will get straightened out. I trust that this administration will get its stuff together, whether it has one term or two, um, and, to, and and pull itself out of its chaos. The White House currently is an uh, unbelievable chaos. At the same time, 
I think this 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 stutter step on the part of the federal government. I think this uh, this this negative that's happening here in D.C. might be a moment for the states to step into the kind of leadership, into the kind of creativity, into the kind of innovation, and I mean that literally in terms of tech corridors and everything. Step into the kind of innovation that can absolutely change this nation, bring it a bit closer to what the founding fathers intended. Of course, we don't want to go exclusively back to what the founding fathers intended because they could not have conceived the world in which we currently live. But to return to a to an American constitutional federalism where states are allowed to carry their own water, so to speak, will only make America better. It'll be a model for the world. That kind of federalism, by the way, is what we need in Iraq with the Kurds and the Sunnis and the Shia. It's what we need in other countries of the world. If we can make it work here and show that that dynamic tension is valuable, is productive, is um, strengthening of a nation, we can be, at least in this area, a model to the world of a dynamic federalism that makes citizens safe, that protects the society through a tension between government levels, and that enhances human life. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times best-selling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include the Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.